This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along. It is episode number 12 of Double Tab for Friday, the 16th of September, 2022. And today we talk to Ashley Rolf from Lenovo, who tells us all about some of the new products and more of your feedback. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, how are you today? <laughs> I don't know yet, Stephen. Hopefully, I'm going to have no technical problems, but yeah, I'm good. How are you? I, I tell you, have you not bought a new mixing console yet? It wasn't that. It seems like I blew one of my uh, power batons. Uh, oh. Yes, I. I don't know how, I don't know why, but um, yeah, gonna, it seems I'm to be working take, now. I, Hang on, I'm going to take a guess. I'm, I'm, I'm yes. going to help you here, right? I can troubleshoot mm-hmm. this with you. I know what happened. <laughs> You've connected um, <laughs> one power button yes. into another power button yes. into another power button. I, and I have to tell a joke. you, I am not uh, an, I'm an electrical expert, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I've been told by several people yeah. Usually after their house is burned to the ground, yeah, but yeah, you yeah, shouldn't yeah. do that. No, so no, Sean, fake news. Stop fake doing news. it. It's funny because when I had the shed fitted out and I had an electrician in here, he said, so how many things are you going to have plugged in? I said, oh, I don't know, computer, a couple of other things, you know. And um, now I'm sat here with studio lights blaring <laughs> and, and a fan going and everything. And uh, yeah, I think I'm slightly overloading the shed, but it's all cool. It's working. It's just when you, the fact that you can get yourself to the shed now by hearing the sound of the <laughs> from the electrical charge that is emanating around you. I, I am worried for you and I'm worried for the future of, of you and indeed the Sean of the Shed podcast when in fact, how will it be? Sean of the Ashes? Is that next? Sean of the Back Garden. Uh, yeah. Sean I, of I the Phoenix? Uh, of rising the from that ash. Uh, Sean of the Tents. Don't jinx it. Everything is fine. I turned it off and on again, and it seems to be working. So, Oh, well, that's yes. fine then. Oh, well, there yeah. you go. It's all sorted. There you go. Brilliant. Well done. <sighs> Honestly. So you, 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 you are a worry. You are a worry to all of I us. Am. That's what my parents say. Okay. We want, this, we want this show to end up on YouTube just so we can watch the disaster unfold live in front of us. <laughs> Sean in flames live on YouTube. That would be cool. <sighs> wow. Anyway, how are you today? It's the end of the week. It's the end of the week. I you know it's been a quick week, hasn't it? It's been a busy week. I've got to say, we've all been working very hard this yeah. week. Everyone feels sorry for us, but, but we have. It's been, it has been busy. But I had yeah, at least, I had at least week. two emails to respond to. I mean, come on. Absolutely crazy. I know. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I don't know how I keep up. I really don't. Uh, listen, we've got lots to talk about today because uh, Lenovo is uh, or has announced a whole range of new products, <gasps> including glasses. Lenovo? Lenovo. Yeah. No, that was Moto, wasn't it? That wasn't Lenovo. Because it was yeah, Moto. Yeah, but it sounds French, right? Lenovo. That's how I say it. Uh, okay. I don't think they are Thank French. I know, American? but it sounds French. It doesn't matter if they are or not. Facts don't matter. But That's I'm really interested in the glasses, so uh, yes, yeah, as yeah, ever, you know, yeah. smart glasses. We're so on the edge of smart glasses becoming a thing. I don't want to miss it. Yeah, well, as uh, indeed uh, Lady Gaga, I believe, did once say, uh, <sighs> no. I'm on the edge of smart glasses. Yeah, um, I, 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 I think that's what she absolutely said. right. I think, yes. that's exa- I think that is exactly <laughs> what she said. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, we're going to talk about glasses. We're going to talk about Chromebooks because, again, you know, I'm seeing yeah. a lot of people commenting now. Clearly, they listen to this program and they all take my view as go as gospel uh, mm-hmm. because they're all going down the same line, which is, well, this is why Google has ditched the Pixelbook project because, quite frankly, Lenovo and companies like it have done great jobs, great made great strides in creating low-cost but really powerful Chromebooks. And I have to say, that's not difficult when it comes to a Chromebook because it's a web browser. <gasps> Let's be honest. Wow. Now, come on. It's a bit more than that. Don't be so dismissive. Okay. Well, with the third-party applications now, yes, you do need a bit more grunt Uh, in your machine. Um, But I don't know. I mean, how how hard is it to create a web browser and stick out, you know, anything? Let's knock our own up. Double tap. (laughs) Let's make uh, a browsing. (laughs) Someone rang me. A friend of mine rang me 
hang, uh, on, hang on, let me clarify this again. Facts yeah. don't matter here, but you said friend. Yeah. Who yes, is he is a friend. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Now, he rang me With and said, money. I need <laughs> yeah, that, that 20 pounds you owe me. No, <laughs> he rang me and said that my he dug his old laptop out and it's not working anymore. So he wants something that he can just write on, word processing. And he mm, said, I've yeah. seen a Chromebook for like uh, $200. And I, I, should I get it? Is it worthwhile getting? Now, what would your answer to that be? Uh, considering this is a, you know, a blind guy as well. So okay. he does need he does need the uh, screen reader. But for a, you know, so many of these Chromebooks we see at a really cheap price. And they are tempting. But would you recommend that to someone? Um. Mm. Well, I wouldn't say no. I think you'd obviously have to... It depends on a couple of things, because obviously you do have to learn the new screen reader. That's the first problem, right? So you've got to learn the new screen reader. It isn't the same as others, but it's not that dissimilar either. So you still have H for headings, B for buttons, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, tab and the arrow keys, everything's happy. Yeah. And actually, if I'm honest, although Chromevox is very much a baby version of a screen reader compared to narrator (gasps) or voiceover... It's, it's a lot, but no, but actually there's a lot less to know because there's not that much going on with the system. So in a lot of ways, it's a lot easier. So you can you can very quickly get used to it. There's not a huge amount to learn in terms of the screen reader because there's not much going on. And basically a lot of it is web browsing anyway. So if you're used to using a web browser and you're used to navigating one, then you'll get used to it on the Chromebook. Because for example, the same way you might navigate Docs, Google Docs on a PC or a Mac, you would probably do similar on the Chromebook. I mean, there are differences, obviously, but it's the fundamentals yeah, are kind of the same. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and especially That's now right. with a lot of a lot of websites now have these inbuilt commands. You know, they'll have their own commands, which means you maybe turn off your own smart or virtual navigation. Uh, so in Narrator, for example, you might switch off the, the scan mode. Um, you would, on JAWS, turn off the virtual cursor, and that would allow you to be able to navigate the website using its own commands. I, I see that on Twitter. I see it on Facebook, and it's a good way to navigate those applications that's online, right. those web YouTube applications. especially as well. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Through the videos and whatever, yep. On NVDA, that's uh, NVDA key in space to do that. And on, and on, um, um, and on JAWS, it's insert key in Z. We'll turn oh, off that when you're online. I did not know that. I've been looking for that. Thank you. Okay. Really handy, actually. It's one of those commands that some, some websites know, because JAWS is getting smarter all the time, it will turn itself off on some occasions, but... On websites like YouTube, I haven't noticed that happen. You have to turn it off manually. Otherwise, if you hit K, for example, I think that brings up the the, the jump to line um, dialog box. Right. So you you would be still within Jaws world, if you yeah. like. Jaws world. Rather than I, I go there every year. The um, worst. It's just off uh, Dynamic <laughs> Island. It is a brilliant place to be. Um, <laughs> well, but, I, I told him, no, skip it. Purely because of the fact it was a cheap-end Chromebook, and I wasn't sure just how good. Oh, the this is a trick question. That was a trick be. question, you no, swine. No, no, yeah. See, I'm I'm sort of second guessing myself because he all he wants to do is write using it. He just wants word processing, and I'm kind of thinking, actually, that probably would have been fine. How laggy could it have been? But, um, yeah, honestly, I don't know. I still find myself hesitant Mm. in recommending Chromebooks. Can I suggest actually one better? Somewhere in the middle, and that is get a second-hand or a renewed or a pre-loved or whatever garbage the company comes up with to sell it to you. Um, Pre-love. Pre-love. There used to to be a website for Mac that was like that. All right, that's enough of that. Actually, do you know what? I'll tell you what it was called, and it was a brilliant name for a company. It was a company that sold refurbished second-hand Macs, and it was called, because, you know, the Apple logo has got a bite out of it, it was called Second Bite. I thought that was oh, a brilliant oh, name. Oh, well done. I yeah, like yeah. that. Very good. I don't think they're around anymore. Second, right. Clearly the second but, bite took a bit out of them. Um, but, oh, oh, that, oh, that was clever, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well but, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. refurbished is good. And you get a lot refurbished of refurbished what? on Amazon. Refurbished Chromebook. You know, get a higher power Chromebook. Oh, I see. But get yeah, refurbished yeah, and you'll save idea. some money. Oh, well done. You've got about 10. Can you just uh, send me one? I've, do you know I've got the Chrome box? Have Which, you even turned that on yet? Do you know something I have? And the only thing I find with it is, I don't. I, I it came from. Well, I don't. I don't really understand this. It originated <laughs> in Germany, right? So everything is German at the start, and I don't know how, but I managed to, and I was so proud of myself. I managed to figure out not only 
what the chairman was saying. I don't know how that was the case. Um, accept just, I think the accept button, for example, just sounded much more angry. Uh, yes, yes. Um, you know, so was, I kind of got it from that. You Hello, know, our kind of, German listeners. We love Germany. you. We love you. Brilliant people. Um, but anyway, I get it home. I figure it all out. And because I got it on eBay, I got it as a, because you couldn't really get them. Chrome boxes weren't really a thing. They, they were a thing for a while. They even mm. had Chrome um, all-in-ones for a while. You could buy like an all-in-one computer with a screen, with a keyboard, mouse, and everything was there. Uh, webcam built in, speakers to the device, and you know you could just plug this thing in and go. That was pretty cool, but they died yeah. off pretty early. Um, mm. And that wasn't Google that made them. It was other companies. But obviously, they were yeah, testing yeah, yeah. The, the water. Clearly, the laptops are the seller. And when you think about education markets and business markets, although I don't know if many businesses would run off a Chromebook, but I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, business runs off Windows, right? That's a fact of life. Creative industry yes. runs off Mac. And, well, you know, everyone else in education, of. I don't know, go for the cheapest option. Well, there's also the Chrome uh, Flex option as well, isn't there? Where you can install the Chrome mm-hmm. OS on any, well, old Windows laptops. I'm thinking well, point, maybe that yeah. was a way to go as well. I haven't haven't looked into that yet because I don't have a spare laptop to uh, install it on, but that could be a way to go. So anyway, I've got one sorry. These, I've got the old MacBook Air, you know, the old 11-inch one, which I think was the best and beautifully designed MacBook ever. You know, it was just such a great design, great size, oh. great keyboard. Yes. Everything mm. about it was brilliant. And the screen size for most people clearly was just too small. For us, yes. perfect. Um, Correct. Actually, it was more like a 13-inch laptop because the size of the bezels, it was quite thick. Oh, they the were huge. Yeah, yeah. So really, it was like a 13-inch. It was really portable, though, right? Such a oh, nice... brilliant. Such a nice form factor. Could you install Chrome Flex on that? Is it Absolutely. just for Windows laptops? Or no, is it you for can Mac do it on well? any computer, anything wow. at all. So you could put Chrome Flex on that, give it a new lease of life. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could put Windows on it, you know? Because, um, I mean, mm. it's powerful enough to run Windows. So, oh, yeah. I mean, it's not powerful enough to run the latest Mac, but that's that's a Mac thing, right? They kind of discontinue very quickly. Whereas well, Windows, you run... could pull out an old Dell Latitude and, you know, stick on anything to it, you know? <laughs> Wouldn't run Windows 11 on that Mac, though. I'm assuming because of, because of the... Um, oh, the TPM yeah, thing. TPM, and, mm. uh, yeah. There's ways around that, though. Clean install from a USB, I think, would do it. I'm not entirely sure, but... There's a guy. There's always a guy. Take it to the guy. guy. Yeah, the guy He'll down the fix pub. it. He'll sort it. I Shall I say pub? 20, 20 quid. 20 quid to get it sorted. <laughs> uh, right, let's get some feedback, shall we? More discussion yes. on iPhones and the upcoming uh, release. Actually, today is the day that I get my uh, grubby little hands on my iPhone mm. 14 Pro. It should be uh, delivered today. Oh, amazing. And you will notice no difference between that and your 13 Pro. That you no, probably had. not. I don't, have a th- I don't have a 13 Pro. What did you have? I had a 13 Pro Max. That's disappeared. Oh, my sorry, wife's got the that. Pro Max. That's gone. Uh, right. um, I, had the, the, I had the 13 Mini. Your wife has that. She has. Well, well, she, look, she, why didn't you, why didn't you pass still, it on to me? You know that's the deal. She, well, look, first off, she I'm your has, show wife. I know that. But there's uh, this, is, this is the 55-inch TV thing all again. <laughs> you can't see it. There's no point. Oh, yeah, but it's got well, LiDAR. The, the bigger never, the I've phone, the used... bigger the blur. Uh, no, 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 nothing to Nothing to do with the screen. I want LiDAR. I haven't I haven't experienced LiDAR in my life yet. Oh, it's a right? tragedy, isn't it? It is. It is quite right. Next time we meet, I promise you, I will show you LiDAR and you'll go, oh. yeah, whatever, and that'll be the end of that. So, Fair enough. problem solved. Anyway, Good let's point. hear from Kyler, who emailed in. Laura reads our emails. The iPhone 14 Pro models have been making the tech headlines this week, and one of the pieces of news I received was that while Apple did take my suggestion for a startup sound on the iPhone... They only did it for the iPhones with the A16 Bionic chip. I am using an iPhone 12. I spoke with one of my techie friends, and there's a chance that this may have something to do with the BIOS, which is hard to update. Really? I've posted about this on Facebook to vent my frustration, and I'm afraid I got kind of evangelical on my audience. Is this an attempt to con us out of more money? Ah, uh, Well, that's, a, that's an interesting <laughs> question, isn't it, when it comes to... Um... You know what? What the reasons are behind this this thing with the startup chime? I, I don't get it. I really don't get why it has to be on the iPhone 14 Pro line only. I, mm, but uh, is why? it? Where does this kick in though? I'm still not 100 um, percent sure. Is this actually when you press the power button? Yes, it must or, be. When you switch the phone on for the first time, it will be giving you the startup chime in the same are you way sure? it's, that it's you not get when it's on finished. the Mac. It's not. 
Yeah, but that. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll give you know, you as soon as you press the button, you get the the noise to tell you it started up. It's it's not. It doesn't start up. I know you're thinking it maybe kicks in first and then the the, the iPhone well, after loads. After it's finished booting up, after the Apple no. logo has disappeared off Before the screen, that. and you and you're actually in, it's yeah, like a, it's almost right a iOS starting. So. Well, in that case, there is. He's absolutely right. There's no reason why it, it shouldn't be available across the board. It is yeah. just a firmware update, and it isn't difficult to do. It's not like we're rooting it ourselves. This is something Apple could do quite easily. Update the firmware, stick the... Uh, it's just be a WAV file. Maybe there's some difference in the amount of memory available at that, uh, at, at the firmware level, at the BIOS level, that maybe they can't fit yeah, that audio in. Sense but even me. if they just made it a, a, a haptic feeling, a, a vibration on, on power on, and that that's another more thing. more than enough. They don't even have that. And that's annoying a lot of people. So you have the sound now, but you don't have any uh, vibration feedback. So if yeah. you are someone who's deaf blind or someone who's deaf, absolutely, um, then you're not going to notice the, the difference. Now, granted, okay, if you're deaf, you you wouldn't you you at least see the the Apple logo come up. So that's something, I guess. Uh, although it doesn't come up instantly. At least I don't think it does. I don't think it comes up right away. No, no, it doesn't. It's only a couple of seconds, so but. Either way, look, it, it does seem strange that this is, it's almost back to the Siri only works on the 4S. You know, when Siri was launched, yeah, and that's you right, have yeah. it in the 4. It's like, well, we all know that it's capable of running. In fact, there was a hack out there that you could run Siri on the 4 and previous models. So, yeah, it does seem like this is a... Well, um, look, this is clearly coming from an accessibility place, right? Because the way, it? They're, well, the, the way they've talked about this and the way that it's been talked about, it sounds like it's been pushed by people within the accessibility team to make this happen. Now, if that's the case, then really it should be across every device. This is not like some major selling point. It's not like LiDAR, right? You can see that there's a clear distinction between one feature and another, and that's why you would buy, say, the iPhone 14 Pro versus the 14 regular. You know, so yes. yeah, you can see that, but, but that's that shouldn't be a deal breaker for people who are blind or partially sighted to have that choice. Between, mm, well, only, I'll have to spend more money to get the startup chime. That just is ridiculous. So come on, Apple, got it, get it sorted. Just, just get it fixed into. That. I mean, even in the fourteen. I mean, I can understand if it doesn't go backwards. Fair enough, but at least across your new range, I think. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't think of a reason why that would be. Doesn't As make I sense. said, if if, if it do, if you if it's a space or memory limitation and loading in WAV files or the sound file, then fine then uh, at least give us the haptic feedback. Uh, just give us a little vibration when we power on, and then everyone's happy. There's also a rumour kicking around. I don't know if this is true or not, but the rumour is that the backtrack feature that's going to be in the Apple Watch Ultra, which a lot of people were quite interested in, this is where it will, it will if you've followed a route, it will allow you to go back that route. That will be available back to Series 6 on the Apple Watch. Oh, well, that makes sense. I mean, that is a really simple feature, right? As long as you've yeah. got GPS, you can drop markers and it can route you back. Why would that be an ultra-only So if they can do um, that, feature? surely, you know what I mean? It's like they can go backwards with some features. Why not others? That doesn't make any sense. Anyway, well, let's let's hear another email. Let's get well, another one in from it. Like, look, we could talk all day on this, but we could, let's we hear do. what our Sorry. audience has to say because they've got plenty to say. Right. Chris has been Robin. in touch. Hey, guys. My name is Chris and I live in Springfield, Missouri, USA. I am 48 years old and due to RP have no usable vision for the past 14 years. Absolutely loving the Double Tap Daily podcast. I was overall completely unimpressed with the new Apple product announcements, even though there are some fairly nice features. I have the iPhone 13 Pro and do not plan on updating this round, even though I find myself without cell surface on occasion. Let them make some improvements and work out any bugs first. I also have the Apple Watch 4 and love it. The Ultra is intriguing, but the cost is way too hefty for me. Finally, I get to the AirPods Pro 2. I had the first generation of the Pro and liked them, but did not find myself using them as much as I thought. I was about to dismiss the second Pros until I heard about the loud noise ducking or suppression. I have recently leaped into the hobby of woodworking and rely on my ears for many things, but some of the machines are extremely loud. I know I need protection, but without any usable sight, I can't stand having my ears closed off. Do you think these could be a viable option? Thanks for your thoughts. Chris Peltz. Chris, thank you so much. Uh, also, uh, Piers and the Simpsons, I believe, in Springfield, Missouri. Is that not where they are? I'm sure he's never heard that before. But yeah, I'm sure yes, he hasn't. That's, that's the first thing I thought. 
Do you know Grandpa? Because um, Grandpa, I like Grandpa. Do you like Grandpa? I'm I did like Grandpa. The Simpsons. It's, it's, yeah, I, I'll be honest. I watched the first season of it. I loved the first season. And then beyond that, I just thought, yeah, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, I'm bored of it now. Anyway, getting back to it. Um, <laughs> I, I can't disagree with anything you said there, Chris. I absolutely agree. Um, but I think the AirPods Pro would be too would be a, a great option in that. I think you're absolutely right. That loud noise uh, reduction Adaptive in transparency, transparency mode yeah. Yeah, would be fantastic for something like that. And just the noise cancellation alone, because even if you've got noise cancellation on, it doesn't totally block out everything. But I think it's... I used it for the first time on the train, and uh, it blew me away. I thought it was absolutely fantastic, and that's on the AirPods Pro 1. Uh, and in the two, it's meant to be twice as good. So, Ancient rubbish. Yeah. That's, well, I do apologise. Sorry, <laughs> I'm not cutting edge. But um, yeah, I think I think that's a really good option. Rather than ear defenders, which totally block you off, I mm. think uh, yeah, it would be a good call. And also the fact it's perfect for you actually, because the the thing here is he's going to be working in woodworking, right? So those machines going to be kicking in. It's going to be noisy, and you know the the, lo- the noise levels will adjust. I actually think, you know, th- this is a brilliant thing um, because it really, it just completely, it dulls the environment when it needs to. The good thing is there's nothing you have to do, Chris. You don't have to, you can, you know, it'll lower the volume for your ears. And as soon as those machines are off, the, the, the sound will return. So you'll be able to hear what's going on around about you. So you don't have to constantly have them in and out your ear. Um, I think that's brilliant. I really do. And the transparency mode itself is, is I think, second to none. I mean, I've tried a lot of different headphones over the years. I think the Sonys are probably the the best over-a-year headphones for it. I think they even mm. beat the Apple AirPods Pro, uh, especially in design. I'm going to be talking about that next week, actually, because I've got the new Sony uh, headphones here, the new X5s, and I want to talk about mm. them in comparison to the Apple AirPods uh, Max because I think... Uh, yeah, that's right, isn't it? AirPods Max. So yeah. I, want to, I want to do a bit of a comparison, and I have to tell you, the winner is not the one you might think. So... Especially for are they me. less than $500? Well, these ones are, yes. The, the Sonys are. But they, they don't no, go they up wait. as expensive as... Uh, <laughs> they don't go up as expensive as the AirPods Max, thank goodness. But, you know, quality is important. Yes, so, yes. You know, we'll, we'll talk about that next week. Uh, but no, I think this would be perfect for you, Chris. I think absolutely perfect. For the kind of work you're doing, that's exactly what they're designed for. Yeah, um, and let us know. If you do go that route, let us know how they work out for you. I'd be interested. Yeah, I think what we're, we're all intrigued to know, Chris, and maybe if you're the, the guinea pig on this, this would be good. I I think it'd be really interesting to know how quickly the adaptive transparency kicks in. Apparently it works. It's something that was at 48,000 times a times second. A second. Just listening to that sampling. Yes. Yeah, so if it's able to, it, it should be able to, as soon as you turn that machine on, it should be dulling it. So you shouldn't even be getting a spike of sound, which is incredible. Yeah. Um, it is and how they and how they fit all that into such a tiny device. I, I opened my AirPod Pros the other day and it came up saying personalized spatial audio, and it took me through taking pictures of my ears. I thought that was AirPod Pro twos only, but um, yeah. no, apparently not. It's it's here in the AirPods Pro ones as well. I'm not convinced that it does anything taking pictures. It was a totally accessible process, by the way. I couldn't finish it just because I couldn't move my head to the position they wanted because I'm a arthritic old man. But um, <laughs> it was totally accessible, and it was taking pictures of your earballs to see uh, to try and make the spatial audio good. But um, yeah, I was interested in that because, as I said, I thought that was AirPod Pros too. Only so did it I. Isn't. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, uh, right, let's get another voicemail in uh, from Cece, who's been in touch on our uh, phone number, one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven. Good day, folks. This is Cece on the line from Montreal. I wanted to let you know that uh, the Libre Link app, which reads freestyle Libre sensors for folks who want to maintain their glucose control, so it checks tests blood sugar levels, uh, it no longer announces the result. And that oh. works. That's the case for Libre Link and Libre Link 2. I talked to Abbott Laboratories uh, on Tuesday, the 13th of September, and they confirmed this. They have to work it out at their end. There isn't a great workaround. You can swipe right, I think it's five times, and get the result, 
but there are no trending arrows available. So it can't tell you if it's going up or down or if it's stable. So the Freestyle Libre Link and Libre Link 2 do not give text-to-speech uh, results, even if text-to-speech is turned on. Thanks. Wow. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for letting us know. Our C- sorry, big about Cece, who has uh, been in touch there. Yeah. Um, that's uh, that's ridiculous, right? But this is, again, the problem. I have, I have this conversation, it seems like, every day now with people who say the problem with tech is it's great until it stops working and it just takes one update to screw it up with accessibility. And that is something which, you know, that device, which for many people who are diabetic will rely on this to be able to tell them their blood sugar levels and blood glucose levels. Um, you know, this is the one I believe it's, because my dad's, I think, has got one of these. It's the one that goes in the arm. There's like a, a needle that goes in the arm. You put a patch mm-hmm. over it. And then it essentially you just use your iPhone or there is actually a device you get as well, which you can just scan with your device or phone and it will tell you what your uh, blood sugar levels are, um, which is, Wait, a, which is a really important thing, right, if you're diabetic. Of course it is. That's the whole point, though. This is such an important um, app that it, it shouldn't go out with any accessibility problems. I'm sorry, it just shouldn't. Um, I know sometimes we say, you know, how I, we give developers some leeway, but when it comes to this, mm. absolutely not. They shouldn't have made it out. And you know what? Apple, give us the ability to roll back updates as well, for, exactly for this reason. But this is really important. So give us the ability, oh, you know what? This update is broken. Let me roll back to the previous one. That's a good point, yeah. Roll back on the app-specific update, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a really Apple good point. don't allow us to do that, and they should do, yeah. Okay, let's get another voicemail in. And, Cece, thank you so much for, for telling us about that. That's really important to know. So I guess, I mean, yeah. what's the what, here's the thing, though, right, before we get the Pierce's voicemail. What should somebody do in that situation? So if you know that that update coming is dodgy what can what can people do because they can they stop the update yeah you can you can go into settings and i believe it's the apps settings and make sure uh, automatically update apps is turned off uh that way it 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 will show in your um in my account in the app store it will show the update there but you actually need to tap on update to make it happen so i that's what we should always do is make sure that automatic updates in the app settings on your iphone is turned off just okay. for this exact reason okay let's uh, get another voicemail from pierce uh good morning uh, my name's pierce from burlington ontario uh in uh reference to yesterday's show about uh, audio description uh, my, I have another complaint about audio description is that uh, television commercials uh, are sometimes totally unintelligible to people with vision impairment because it's just music or it's just um, people talking but no identification of the product. Uh, I think it's a disservice to, to, to visually impaired people that uh, they're ignored. Uh, there are a few television commercials that do have audio description, but they're very few and far between. Um, I think not enough is said about this. I know even uh, I've, I've had, uh, I've, I've asked questions about to my family about some commercials and some of them were even Apple commercials. There was an Apple watch commercial, but unless somebody told me who it was for, I was, I would never have any idea. Um, uh, maybe you guys can have a discussion about this, or I don't know what the commercial um, situation is in England, but in Canada and the United States, uh, there's a lot of stuff that's advertised on TV with uh, no clue as to what they're selling. Uh, I think it's uh, it, it should be better. Uh, thanks again. Goodbye. Thank you so much for your comments, Pierce. And, uh, you know, we look forward to having that discussion. We will continue that on uh, the next episode uh, with you and me, Sean, because that, that's going to be a really interesting discussion. I've got a lot to say on that. Yep. But we'll we'll save that for another day because uh, we're going to continue. Lenovo has announced a whole suite of new products. Ashley Roth joins me next. Uh, Sean is heading off, but uh, he'll be back. You'll be back on Monday with me. Correct. So you can't get rid of me for long. I know, and I do try. But listen, you can even try breaking your mixing desk remotely. That didn't work. You're still here. Uh, listen, uh, have a great weekend. We'll catch you uh, next week. And everyone else, stick around. We've got Ashley Rolf from Lenovo next. Send us your feedback to feedback at ami.ca. Leave us a voicemail at one 803 4567 You're listening to Double Tap. This 
is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Yeah, let's talk Lenovo technology. Very, very exciting product announcements coming out of Lenovo, especially at IFA in Berlin this year. And with us now to talk all about it is Ashley Rolf, who joins us as the chief technologist uh, for Lenovo. Good to have you on Double Tap. It's uh, lovely to be here, Stephen. We are, as you know, quite a diverse company and we cover many elements. So I look after the commercial client side of the business. Uh, we also would have phones and servers, data center and retail products as well. So I look after the commercial arm, though, as we mentioned, I do enjoy talking about any element of Lenovo product range. Well, yeah, well, let's let's talk specifically because we are going to talk about the, the product mm. announcements uh, at IFA in Berlin and the press releases that followed yeah, yeah. with some very interesting product announcements coming out of there um where should we start i think we have to start with the new glasses right uh, the, the t1 glasses which were kind of quite an unusual product i imagine for lenovo to bring out or at least for me it was anyway so tell us about these um well it's interesting you say it because we have been doing we've been doing so much work with vr and ar over the years and actually we've been working in the background making some of the optics and making some of the electronics for other brands as well so we have had a a lot of interest uh, in AR, VR over the years. Now, the T1 is slightly different from us because um, it's this is very much a consumer product. But I say that everyone is a consumer. You can plug it into your laptop and use it uh, in a business environment as well. But uh, it's the, really the, the product for me, what I love about it is its simplicity. It essentially doesn't have a battery you don't have to charge it you just plug it into the into a usb-c port and it uses the data it uses the video it uses the power from the usb-c to pop up a second monitor and essentially what you're seeing is a second monitor into the in the glasses um so it's simple but there's so many great features because of that you can save battery you have privacy you can have a, a, a bigger display say if you sat in a hotel room and you've only got your small mobile laptop with you um, you can use it on Android, you can use it on Apple devices. It's actually quite, quite amazing. And like you say, quite different for us, really. Yeah, I think a lot of people thought it was, you know, I, I certainly did. I, I tried out TCL's Nextwear G glasses when they came out, and um, it, it felt very consumer based, you know, the idea that you would have a 200 inch screen in front of you if you wanted to enjoy your Netflix yeah. film or whatever. But you're you're right, there's actually more to this because. From a business point of view, think about all the capability of having a device like this, you know, being able to have that screen in front of you in a hotel room. A lot of business people would love this. Yes, yes. And that's exactly it. So uh, it's it does cross boundaries. And in fact, you know, even a designer um, is not just watching movies, though that is a big element of it. Um, and the, 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 one of the great things about it is so personally, I'm not a big fan of VR because I don't like the completely immersive experience. Mm. Um, I don't trust anyone around me. I don't know if someone's about to whack me on the back of the head. Uh, I just, I don't like this. The fact you can't see where you are, it's just a bit too scary. So with the T1 glasses, it's, it's quite clever. You can either, when you move your head, the display will follow where your eyes are, or you can lock the display in place and it uses accelerometers. So you can actually look around the display and you can see your surroundings and check where you are. So in terms of safety, it's it's, it's a really good idea. Yeah, I, uh, you know, it's so funny you say that. I never thought of that before, but you're absolutely right. I mean, it's when it comes to VR, actually you are, you're locked in, right? And Especially, I mean, okay, and oftentimes you have the, at least the audio is open to the room, so that's something. But you're right, you know, you're you're completely closed in. You want something that you can at least have a sense of what else is going on around you at the same time, and you can with these. So, just just for for our audience to understand, you can, although you're looking through these glasses at screens, you're still able to see what above and below the the monitor or above and below the glasses. Yes, so you can see uh, to the side of above and below uh, the display. Um, like I say, you can actually set where the virtual display is. So if you looked over to the left, the accelerometer would realise you've moved your head and they would leave the screen virtually where it is. So actually, if you looked over completely to the left, you wouldn't have anything obstructing your view. And then when you swing your head back, uh, the screens come back into view again. Um, so... It is quite clever, uh, the, the way it does that. And you can either set it like that or you can lock it so the displays are just in front of you. 
Okay, so I have to ask you about some other products because, I mean, obviously glasses are incredible. Uh, just before I, I move on, any word on pricing on these at the moment and availability? Yeah, yeah so only rough pricing and availability. Um, at the moment, we're saying it, this is probably not a product, unfortunately, we'll see this year, okay. uh, certainly in the UK. Uh, it'll be early next year. Uh, we're giving a very vague $500 rough price um, expectation. So how that translates uh, with the tolerate and everything else in the UK hmm. early next year, we'll have to wait and see. Okay. Uh, so let's move on because, you know, you announced, which may not be a surprise to many, of course, new laptops. And, and I want to pick up, I mean, there's a lot to talk about, but one yeah. particular laptop I wanted to pick up on was the ThinkBook. Because, um, and people often know me as being the guy who goes on and on about my Lenovo ThinkPad, because I honestly, I love this laptop. I love it to mm. bits. It just is the laptop <laughs> that every single time I need to get something done. And I've tried a lot of different laptops. This is the one that does it for me. And I have to tell you why, Ashley, okay? And mm -hmm. you're going to laugh at me and it's okay. But it has an insert key. Now, right. as someone who uses a screen reader, an insert key is our, um, our command key, if you like, for the screen reader. And it's really, really important. Uh, and yeah. having that there where it's not being coupled with, say, a home button or yeah. an end key, you know what I mean? It's not been coupled yes. in with the function yeah. alternative is just yeah. brilliant. It's got, the, it's got the home keys. It's got the end key. It's got the insert key. It's got the page up and down. And I know people yeah. who are listening to this are going, Stephen, would you shut the heck up about that <laughs> insert key? Move on. But... Honestly, I love the fact that it's there. So, you know, please tell me the ThinkBook <laughs> that you're announcing has all this as well. <laughs> yeah, so it is it, because it's quite a large screen. It's the 16. It has an, an extended keyboard. Naturally, while we're talking about keyboards and visual impairment, it has uh, what we call the drop D arrow keys as well. So the arrow keys are slightly lower than the rest of the keyboard. Ah, yes. So you okay. can run your hands along and find the arrow keys. Um, so... That is something we don't see in all of our products. We do uh, traditionally in the ThinkPad, we have that. So it's great to see it uh, come along uh, into the ThinkBook. Um, but yeah, it's it's a stunning system, the, the ThinkBook 16P. It's designed for creative people uh, to run, I don't know, Photoshop or Premiere Pro on it or create podcasts such as yourself. Uh, it is very powerful. It has a factory color, color calibrated screen. Uh, the screen itself is absolutely stunning. Um, and it tends to be, maybe in the past for us, a powerful system. You expect it to be a bit chunky. Uh, you expect it to be maybe a bit old school and not have the sleek looks of a more modern system. But ThinkBook have managed to get this really great balance where they have the the really powerful 6000 series H-Class AMD CPU. So immensely powerful yet uh, it's still in a very, very sleek and good-looking laser-cut chassis. So it's an absolutely beautiful system. Yeah, it is very nice. Yeah, and solid. I mean, the, the thing about Lenovo computers is they are built well. You know, they will last the test of time. And I'd imagine lots of ports. Yes, yes, it is literally bristling with connectivity. That's true. Um, we have ports along the sides and along the back. Uh, it also has uh, quite a clever side and rear venting system to keep it cool so you can sort of turbo boost the uh, the CPU. Um, it is it's a great product for connectivity, for, um, like I say, for creative, creative types uh, doing media. Uh, and it has a number of options for 3D graphics as well. So uh, in terms of sort of gaming and offloading some of the creative workflow onto uh, uh, GPUs is good for that as well. So would you say that this is a, a different level to ThinkPad, right? So ThinkPad is kind of business focused. It's kind of, <laughs> I, I dare I say everyday business, but you know what I mean? You know, it's, 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 a, it's a powerhouse. It's a workhorse. Um, um, it, yeah, I think funny enough, funny you should say that because uh, yes and no. So ThinkPad is our... Yeah, the, this is the the brand that changed the business world forever. Thirty years of ThinkPad it is, you know, absolutely the most popular business laptop on the planet. And we have a complete range of systems from very small and light, nine hundred grams, all the way through to big, powerful workstations. So we do have quite a few products like this in the ThinkPad range. Anything that begins with a P is a professional workstation. Um, I would say that ThinkPads are geared more towards kind of enterprise class 
business computing, whereas I would call this maybe business or slash prosumer slash sort of creative professional type. So it's a subtle difference, if I'm honest. Um, you could just say one is silver and one is black, but if you're really kind of <laughs> simplifying it. Um, but but they are different development teams for us, and they um, and they are developed for different customers, and they're developed by different teams to kind of make the small adjustments to make it perfect for that target audience. But there was a time when you know that creative market was quite small, but these days not so much. I mean, oh, there's a lot yeah. of people who are wanting to get into podcasting, and you know, video yeah. podcasting as well. We are trialing it here on Double Tap. You know, we're trying out some things. And, you know, I, I want to have a good machine. Now, look, I'm a Mac guy and yeah. I've used a Mac for this kind of thing for a long time, but I do love using the PC and the PC is way more capable now than it used to be, way more reliable than it ever used to be in terms of software. Um, so, you know, yeah. the opportunities are, are out there. And of course, the other thing here is about price. Now, I know that the ThinkBook range will probably be quite an expensive range uh, in comparison to, you know, the, the idea pads or, you know, the, the, the lower not lower end, but you know what I mean, the lower end of the of the, the consumer market, if you like. Um, but it, mm. it's, yeah, you might have a different view oh, on that. Yeah. Well, no, I'd, <laughs> I, have to be, I don't want to get in any trouble with the, any of the other divisions at Lenovo, but they all they all represent excellent value for money. No, um, yeah. I, I would say that ThinkPad is enterprise. It has a global warranty. Uh, it's designed for um, high-end business. And, you know, it's a, products that an aspirational product uh very so immensely capable it's been tested to within an inch of its life works with linux version you know everything it's got everything um the thinkbook is really taking some of those elements for business users so you get the proper on-site warranty you get the pro version of the os you know it's still designed for business it has driver packs it has uh, incredible driver support deployment tools so it has all these things but we, I would say, we generally the think, um, think book will be becoming a little bit cheaper, like for like than ThinkPad, uh, and then IdeaPads. You know, these are these we don't need international warranties on something that mm. you know is, is for a home user. So there's a, a lot of things we can just skew the product to make it perfect for the end user. It doesn't mean it's a lesser device in any way. It's just designed for a different customer audience, really. Do you know, I find that really interesting. That's really interesting the way you, you phrase that because I I think a lot of people do tend to think of it as, oh, that's the cheap version versus the more expensive version. Yeah. And and most people, I imagine when they go into a store, I remember the old days when I used to get into, you know, here in the UK, it was PC World and you'd go in and you'd see these rows and rows and rows of computers and you would just say, what's the most expensive? Because clearly that's the best. <laughs> and the answer always wasn't the case. It almost was, almost, almost always wasn't the case that it was that the the more expensive was better. Uh, yeah. It depends on your needs, right? And that's the one thing about Lenovo is it has got a range of devices for all user needs. Uh, and, yeah. and it kind of brings me to, I mean, I want to talk about the X1 Fold because that just sounds incredible and talk about innovation here in this space. It's really interesting. But I want to just quickly mention Chromebook because yeah. for me, Chromebook has always been the, the browser in a computer, right? That's just what a Chromebook is. Of course, it's become more powerful it can run apps now and do a lot more but what i'm seeing is although i thought that chromebooks would become the netbooks of computing you know low cost um low low end processors because essentially you don't need a heck of a lot to run a chrome os yeah. right but i'm not seeing that i'm actually seeing the opposite happening and lenovo's done this with the, the new chromebook that you've just announced where you're putting a lot of power into this device a lot of storage into this device so what's the thinking there yeah, certainly. I think Chromebook has changed massively uh, over the years. And actually, uh, depending on your workload, it can really benefit from local processing power. And we're seeing that in the sort of demands from our, our customers, what they're asking for. And I think for us, uh, I would say that the Chromebook market is probably a bit more developed in the US. And we see the trends and things that are going on in the US. Uh, and uh, and we take those and try and sort of predict what's going to happen in in uh, other countries and we are seeing this move to, towards the more powerful chromebook and the idea 5i really is like you say Stephen, really is that um it's got the 12th generation intel architecture it's got a really nice 16 by 10 ratio screen so it's a slightly taller bigger screen um because it's chrome even though it has this high-end power it's still got like an all-day battery life um it is a really really nice system and i guess 
it's interesting what you were saying before, actually, because, you know, most people think, oh, Chromebook cheap, small screen, you know, and, and I think products like this will do a lot for Chromebook because you realize what a slick uh, operating system it can be with a mm-hmm. bit of local power. Very much so. I mean, it's a powerful, it's a powerful OS. Yeah. And, you yeah, know, it's absolutely. swift. It, um, you know, and, and actually having that power behind it's important. And I'll say as someone who uses a screen reader, having that extra power really helps with the screen reader because I've tried lower. I remember when some of the early editions of uh, Chromebook came out, the really cheap ones, and I won't name names and companies, but, you know, there were some cheap, cheap <laughs> options out there. And they may well have been good enough for children, you know, to use. But if you give this to an adult or even a child who needs to use a screen reader, it just wasn't powerful enough. The the, the mm-hmm. voice was stuttering, yeah. it was stammering, it was having difficulty. Uh, whereas you don't get that on a higher powered device. I, I got a Chromebox recently, an Acer Chromebox, just a little one off eBay just to try. And it's running an i3 processor. It's got a little bit of decent RAM, I think eight gig of RAM in there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it really does perform. So having the good processor does make the difference. And it's good to see that Chromebooks are getting that kind of love from companies like like yours. Yeah, and, and also you mentioned Chromebox. We did, we also, at the same uh, event, we announced our M60Q Chromebox, and that, again, uses the latest Intel Core processor. It's very powerful. Uh, so we are doing the same, backing up with a static, uh, um, in, in a one-litre chassis, so it's still a very small desktop. Mm. But, uh, well, yeah, that's, I, didn't, I didn't see that. That's, that's, that's very interesting. So Because mm. I must admit, I thought that would be a bit of a... That wouldn't really catch on, but that's good. It's, it's that's good to see you're, you're developing that. That's brilliant. Yeah, um, it's, 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 yeah, it's a small market, but it's it's mm. getting there. Okay, let's talk about the X1 Fold because this is mm. such an interesting device. So, so explain to us the, the how this whole X1 Fold came along. I remember seeing a version of this, uh, probably the, the original version I was shown uh, at CES back in 2019, yeah. and uh, it was pretty revolutionary then. You know, as the the folding with the keyboard and. You know, this detached keyboard, which was just brilliant how they had done it. And you've obviously developed from there. So talk us through the journey of the X1 Fold. Yeah, so uh, it's really, obviously, the screen is the most important element of a folding device. Um, And the screen technology had been in development for quite some time. And we wanted to take that and turn it into a full-blown, powerful Windows enterprise class device. And we wanted to do it in a way where customers weren't worried about it being fragile, about once you open and close it more than 20 times, you get a line across the screen. Yeah, we wanted to prove that we could do it. So the first generation, we did exactly that. We used very high-tech manufacturing techniques. We learnt an awful lot from the manufacturing of the first generation. Uh, We use uh, graphene, graphite in in construction and uh, carbon fibre. Um, so when it came out, it was it was it was a bit of a flag waving exercise in engineering prowess. Really, it was like, look what we can do! Isn't it amazing? Now, the the, the first generation went to quite a few customers, went to a lot of customers, and they liked it. But they, yeah, we got a list back of like, oh, could you make the keyboard a bit bigger? I like my Lenovo keyboard. I'd like it exactly like that. And my ThinkPad keyboard. Uh, could you make it more powerful? Could you do this? Could you do that? And so we took all that on board. And, and we put it into the uh, generation two. Now, I've actually been using one for a while. So I sent one of the early eval units. And it is stunning because when you fold it up, it's smaller than our smallest enterprise laptop. But when you open it up, the screen is bigger than our biggest T16. <laughs> so 16.3 inch display OLED is absolutely stunning, but it folds into a sort of book size. It is really quite amazing. I've got to say, I've been watching this development and, and this rush from a lot of companies to develop folding phones. And I, I don't really know where the market sits on that one. It doesn't seem to be catching light as some companies would hope. But I can really see the value here when it comes to laptops. Because, you know, the ability to be carrying around a very small laptop and then have that transform into something much bigger, that makes total sense. That is, that's the ideal for many people. We often say, I want small, I want portable, but I'm going to have to carry around a second monitor yeah. or plug it into a second monitor when I get to where I'm going. And, you know, that this this kind of device solves that. Yes, we uh, we always get this, the uh, sort of mutually exclusive requirements from customers. So I want it lightweight but really long battery life i want it small and compact but i want a big screen all these things that you can't <laughs> yeah. sort of do you physically can't do and this kind of 
answers that. So we've also got the latest uh, 12th gen processor in it. I mean, it's very, very, very fast. It has, it's very clever the way they've done it. It's got two batteries, one in each side. So it's quite well balanced. And um, the hinge, which is something like 200 uh, sort of very, very uh, precision engineered components, manages to spread the heat from one side to the other and all the data. Uh, and it's just the engineering. When you look at some of the plans, it's absolutely jaw-dropping. It's quite stunning how they've done it. But it's they've given you a big screen, turns into a very small, lightweight device, but it's very, very, very powerful. And is this something we're going to see in, in the market soon? I mean, we're, not, we're not at concept stage still, are we? I mean, this is kind of, this is this going to come out? No, 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 it will come out soon. So, um, like I say, I was given one of the pre-production units, um, you know, to give feedback on, and I couldn't quite believe the quality of it. It looks like a final production unit. So I would say we're probably three, three, four months away. You know, if it's less than that, great. Uh, but hopefully it won't be too long because, um, you know, it's been a long time in the development cycle and a long time in the making. And we yeah, we really wanted to launch it this year because it's the 30th anniversary of ThinkPad, and it's a very, very special uh, year for us this year. And of course, you know, I, I'll be honest, our, our blind audience, and including me, uh, don't often get too excited about tablets, but you have been developing tablets. And I say that uh, blind people specifically, low vision people love tablets because, you know, I, I, I know, for example, with the iPad is a, is a good example of this, getting that device up close to your face can really make the difference. And, you know, for those yeah. people who can benefit from that, then you know it's it's definitely worth knowing about. So tell us a little bit about the tablets you've got um, that, that are also that have also been announced. Yeah, so we announced the second generation of the uh, Tab P11 and the, the uh, P11 Pro. Now um, I've I've not actually had my hands on these, but I do use and have used the the uh, Gen One, and these are just the natural progression, slightly smaller, thinner, lighter. Um, they are uh, immensely powerful um and uh, used to be in the old days we had uh, sort of 10 inch devices and eight inch and we never really went to the more powerful high-end systems but uh we have 11 inch and we also have 12 inch in the range now so uh, much better for um for people with visual impairments absolutely right ashley thank you so much for coming on uh, i'm sorry we run out of time today but we will get you back on soon to talk more about your products ashley rolf from lenovo chief technologist there uh, talking about the new products that's it for today keep in touch we'll be back tomorrow love double tap did you know we're on the tv too check out brand new episodes of double tap tv on ami tv every tuesday at 8 p.m eastern or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash double tap we're also on youtube search for double tap to catch our episodes there too this was an ami podcast for more accessible media visit ami.ca Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.